This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brott. Hello there. Welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott. The pursuit of happiness has been a central human preoccupation from the time of the ancient philosophers to today's tech gurus whose digital innovations promise ever better lives. And yet, despite all of our progress, we are increasingly hungry for soul-deep happiness. All over the globe, the question of how to be truly happy has taken on new urgency. From the hallways of Harvard, where the university's most popular course is a class on positive psychology, to the United Nations, where they've actually established a new day called the International Day of Happiness. But what if the secret to lasting happiness is actually simple? In this part of today's show, we're going to be talking about happiness, what it is exactly, and how we can get more of it. And we're going to be having a conversation with one of the co-founders of Live Happy Magazine. She's also the author of a brand new book by the same name. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the 10 key practices of happy life, from attitude to gratitude and creativity to connection. She's got some fascinating information for us about the science and the art of happiness. And she's also got plenty of inspirational real-life stories Ultimately, we're going to end up with a lot of practical steps that we can take to achieve deeply fulfilling, joyful lives in our own homes. We'll jump right in when Positive Parenting continues right after this. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brat, after this, from the MrDad.com radio network. I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Hello, welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brat, and my guest for this part of today's show is Deborah Heiss, who's the co-founder and editorial director of Live Happy Magazine and also the author of a brand new book called Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. Deborah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Let's talk about what you mean by living happy. Is there, can you define that, or is it just one of these things that you kind of know it when you feel it? Well, you know, a lot of people spend their time pursuing happiness in the uh, gleeful, joyful, um, you know, emotional sense. But that's not really what we're talking about at Live Happy. At Live Happy, we really are talking about living a life that um, is satisfying to you, having a life of meaning, having a life of purpose, you know, really feeling grounded that you're on the right path. Okay. And so you are setting about to... Crack the code, I guess. I hate that expression, but that's... <laughs> well, no, it's not really much of a code.
code as much as it is, you know, a lot of it's just putting into practice things we already know, but maybe we've gotten away from. Um, and there's this great field of study called positive psychology, which has um, gone through and really studied what makes us happy, what, what creates a better perceived well-being. In other words, that we feel better about our lives. And so they've spent a lot of time researching what those things are, and it's really not that surprising. And so what are those things? Well, you know, having a positive attitude. Um, I think, we, you know, we've all heard from pop psychology and from, you know, people forever. Having a positive attitude is a key to being happy. But there's also things like expressing your creativity, having the opportunity to express your creativity, spending time practicing gratitude, um, taking care of your health, um, building your resilience, how you deal with rejection and how you deal with failure um, is a big part of gratitude. I mean, a big part of happiness. Um, giving back, giving back to your community, spending your time engaged in things that give to others. Uh, you know, none of these things are surprising, and they're all things we know we should do. I think what most of us didn't realize is that by doing those things, it actually um, increases, you know, improves the way we feel about our own lives. Tell us a little bit about the structure of the book. It, it's a collection of essays, and they're, yeah, they're a, categorized into various practices. Yes. It's a, the name of the book is Live Happy, and the subtitle is Ten Practices for Choosing Joy. And each chapter um, is focuses on one of these. So the, there's a chapter on attitude, there's a chapter on spirituality, there's a chapter on creativity. But the structure of the book is we introduce the concept. We talk about attitude in general, uh, for example, in the attitude chapter. And then there's four stories of people who are you know, applying the principle of a positive attitude to their life and having great success with it. And then we followed those stories up with the science behind, you know, a lot of the, the studies that have been done, the science behind why attitude works and why you should focus on having a positive attitude as part of your life, um, just to take the attitude chapter. So it really is, you know, both a survey of people who are em, uh, employing this a practice in their life and the science behind why it works. And then it also includes some tips on things you can do to start right away um, working on that aspect of your life. Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning with attitude. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to know? Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing affects uh, life more than the way you think about yourself and others. Um, so attitude really is framing, framing the way you approach problems. So it's a really important part of, uh, you know, being happy. It's what happens to you and how you react to it is all based in your attitude. And we've got a great, uh, a great story in there uh, from Hoda Kotb, who I think we all know uh, from the Today Show, uh, from Hoda and Kathy Lee, and her great attitude uh, that she has in life. And there are other stories in there um, about other people who have, you know, used their attitude to uh, – to turn around their businesses. There's a woman named Mary Miller who runs, runs an organization um, of janitors and of uh, cleaning people. And she has al almost ridiculously low turnover, and it's because she employs attitude as a way to uh, developing attitude, a positive attitude in her workers as a way to improve their, their lives um, through something called a dream program. And what does so, that look like? What does the dream program look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, she focuses on she focuses her employees. Uh, she gives them training and conversations about building the why of why they're working. So when they show up in the office um, or when they show up to do their jobs, it's like, what do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? Why are you doing this? 
because obviously cleaning toilets and sweeping floors is not anybody's dream job. But she, she spends time with her employees and puts them on paths towards, you know, maybe it's paying for their children's college education. Maybe it's moving into a home of their own. But they spend time cultivating the dreams and then building paths for people to achieve them. It could be taking a vacation um, or going back to uh, a lot of them are immigrants, going back to where, where they moved move to this country from for a vacation. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. But she works with her employees on building the why for why they show up for their job every day. So they don't just look at it as, I'm showing up to clean somebody else's toilets. Right. You know, one of the essays in that particular section is by Jason Mrazen, who's people, anybody who's had the radio on recently yeah. will, will <laughs> recognize that name. But I, I remember listening to one of his songs, um, and it, well, besides that there's a grammatical thing in there that really bugs me, but <laughs> the, the, the idea of just be happy seems so simplistic in a way that it, it trivializes the whole thing, and it's hard to just be happy. It is hard to just be happy. Um, in fact, there's a lot of scientific studies going on that say right now, uh, there's some really good research that says if your goal is to be happy, you're likely not to be. Um, in other words, because you can never be happy enough. It's kind of like you can never be rich enough. If your goal is to be rich, when do you stop? If your goal is to be happy, how do you achieve how do, you, how do you do that? It's not about setting happiness, that be happy as a goal. It's about building a life of, of meaning and, and purpose and building the life that you want and understanding that that is happy. And, and so when he talk, you know, when we say be happy, I think a lot of us are thinking, oh, we need to be smiling and laughing and giggling all the time. That's not what it is. Um, be happy a lot of times is being grateful for where you are and what you have. Um, you know, I've given a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of interviews where people are like, well, how do you deal with this angry person? Or how do you deal with this person? Or how do... And the reality is it's how you frame your thinking. So training yourself to, if you're stuck in traffic and the person cuts you off, training yourself to be not emotionally reactive to that and be angry, but think, you know what? I live in, I live in this country. I'm driving to work. I'm in a car. I have a job. I have, you know, I have a lot of good things in my life. That person cutting me off in traffic probably is not going to derail my day. But if you're someone who doesn't practice that and you take the, everything that happens to you as a negative, react, you know, as, as something to react to, it's very easy to get away from that. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to just be happy, but it's not, I don't want to say it's not difficult, but it's, it's not complicated to reframe your thinking about the world. Give us a little bit of a sense of the science behind the, the next one, which is connection, another, well, uh, another practice that's related to happiness. Well, I love, I love the science in that particular chapter. Um, there's a woman named Barbara Fredrickson. Uh, she's a, a professor of psychology at the uh, University of North Carolina, and she, she wrote this book called Love 2.0. And this is based on the idea that connection to others brings us the greatest happiness in life. But love 2.0 really is the concept that every interaction that you have with someone can be a positive interaction and can bring happiness into your life. It doesn't have to be, you know, we talk about love, we talk about, you know, with our, with our spouses, with, with our children, with our family members. But you can exchange a moment of love with someone while you're buying a cup of coffee in the sense that you could share a joke, you can smile at each other, you can improve each other's day. Um, so the, the science really shows us that building positive relationships, even if they're micro-relationships, you know, those little bitty contacts we have with people every day, 
is one of the keys to our happiness. Um, there's not an exact number here, but her estimate is that about 80% of the, of the contacts you have with people on a daily basis need to be positive for you to have a positive outlook on life. Now, that, that, that's kind of, oh, my God, I, you know, I, I encounter these negative people all day long. But the reality is you're kind of in control of whether the reaction's positive or not, how you mm-hmm. approach the situation. Yeah. Um, you can have a positive interaction even if the other person doesn't initiate it that way. So just, you know, how we connect and relate to others, um, all of the science shows us that this is probably the core, uh, you know, the core thing we need to work on or the core thing that will bring us happiness is having positive relationships in our life. <laughs> in terms of it as when I interact with people, it needs to be in a positive fashion. really is a different way of thinking about it. I'm talking with Deborah Heiss, who is the co-founder and editorial director of Live Happy magazine and also the author of Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking to Deborah Heiss about her book and about a lot of the science behind many of the things that we should be doing. My son Casey was a bright, fearless 20-year-old with a boundless future ahead of him. But in the blink of an eye, he was gone. While out riding a skateboard, Casey fell. He was not wearing a helmet. Our whole family wishes he was. It could have saved his life. I'm Captain Kevin Raffelli of the San Mateo Police Department. Parents, encourage your kids to strap on a helmet every time they jump on a bike, scooter, or skateboard. Think of my son Casey and use your head. Put a helmet on. It could save your life. A message from the Consumer Product Safety Committee. My name is Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live United. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes so we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what Living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I walk and you drive. So let's make a deal. I'll watch for you and cross the street safely. You watch for me and stop. Think of the impact we can make. A message from the Federal Highway Administration. Now, get ready for more positive parenting with Armin Brott from the MrDad.com radio network. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Deborah Heiss, who's the co-founder and editorial director of Live Happy magazine and also the author of Live Happy, a brand new book. The subtitle is 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. You know, I wanted to get on to some of the other aspects or the other practices that you talk about. And you know, gratitude is something that comes up a lot in conversations these days. I mean, it wasn't that terribly popular. I'm sure, well, the concept was popular, but the, the science behind gratitude. Talk about that and, and how, 
important that is and how much it affects your life as the person who's being grateful? Well, for me, um, gratitude is something that is easy, easier to implement personally. I don't think it's easy to implement for everybody, but for me, it's easy to thing to implement in your life. And when I really started looking at positive psychology, you know, gratitude and the, the study of gratitude really, you know, kind of hit me square in the face that this is something that if we just practiced it, the world would be a much nicer and um, happier place. You know, what they what they've shown, what the research has shown us, kind of to oversimplify it, is there's a connection between expressing gratitude and the way your brain works. Like, if you're grateful for something, you almost can't be negative. Um, it's, it's a habit that's easy to develop. Um, but, you know, scientists have learned that, for example, that people with higher gratitude levels show more activity in the hypothalamus. That's important because the hypothalamus is the control center for everything from functions like eating, drinking, and sleeping and metabolism to, to regulating metabolism and stress levels. Stimulating the hypothalamus has proved to improve sleep, lessen physical discomfort, and mm. lower stress and anxiety. Well, do you have to be grateful for anything in particular, or do you have to be grateful in terms of the person that you happen to be sitting across from, or is it just the general attitude in the back of your mind you're thinking how fortunate you are? It, it really is. Um, you can be grateful for anything. Uh, probably the best exercise and the simplest exercise that someone can start with that wants to you know, begin creating a happier life for themselves or begin to put into practice some of these things in, in the book. Probably the simplest one is to, every day for three minutes, write down three things you're grateful for. Be specific. Not, I'm grateful for my child, although we should all be grateful for our children, but I'm grateful that my son remembered to pick up his socks. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything complex. What it has to be is training your brain to think in a positive fashion about these things. And there's studies that show that if you just do that activity for 21 days, your happiness level, your perceived overall well-being improves. You mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation about resilience being one of the components of happiness, I guess. Talk about that one, because I think that that is, is so hard, and I guess it, it's in a way goes along with the gratitude part of it, is that you know if you're focusing on all the negative things, it's hard to come back from that. So gratitude can certainly help you with resilience, but resilience by itself is an important thing. You know, one of the first um, articles that we did, uh, I think it was in the second issue of Live Happy magazine, we started putting the magazine together, was an article called The Science of Post-Traumatic Growth. Um, and what it shows us is that if we can be resilient, if we can go through resilience, negativity actually, we actually end up better off um, emotionally and, uh, it, you know, better off perceived well-being, higher perceived well-being after we've gone through something that most people would say, I could never recover from that. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go out and create tragedy for themselves, but it's good to know that even if you're in, in the midst of tragedy or you're in the midst of something that um, is, is really negative, that you can bounce back. Now, there's a lot of uh, study on how to develop resilience going on right now. Angela Duckworth has a new book coming out called Grit which really focuses on that. Um, but research on resiliency really shows us that every person has an innate capacity for it. It's really figuring out how to, you know, activate this capacity, um, you know, creating resilience-building conditions in your life, you know, relying on, um, on, on friends, relying on, uh, you know, 
building your strength around coming coming back from that. It's a really complex, um, really complex thing. But studies show us that you know th- that if you can build resilience, that's a key factor towards being happiness. You know, one of them is man- maintain. You know, you know, finding your you know finding your people, right. so to speak. You know, people that can support you, maintaining your attitude. Sure. Um, all of these things are are you know, kind of putting into place everything else that's in the book, I guess, is the best way to put it. But right. You, yeah, they all they all link together in many ways. They do. And but how does... Oh, go ahead. No, that's right. Well, I was going to say, how does creativity fit in here? That seems to be slightly off the, the track. It does. It does. It's an interesting... Um, it, it was an interesting dialogue when we were discussing whether or not to include that chapter in the book, because it is a little bit um, off so to speak, meaning it's not a practice that most people look at as, oh, this is something that I need to do right now. But studies show us that activating our creative brains, and that doesn't mean you have to be an artist or a singer, although, of course, most of the people that we include in that chapter are deploying that aspect of their brain. It could You could be a great problem solver. You could just have time to think. But activating your creative brain um, gets you out of that day-to-day sort of, hey, I've got to get this done, I've got to get that done, I've got to get this done. And creativity really, expressing your creativity, um, it's not as much as it, it adds to your happiness, as much as if you suppress it, you, you decrease your own happiness, if that makes sense. So it's, right. it's, about, it's about imagination. Um, and what about people who don't think that they're terribly creative? Oh, everybody's creative somehow. Um, it could be, you, you know, it could be learning a new skill or a hobby. It doesn't have to be um, sitting down and painting or sitting down and writing. Um, it could be just, just creating something with your hands. It could be, you know, it could be, um, you know, planting a garden. It could be anything, but it really does elevate your mood to express your creativity, and it improves your overall life skills. It can improve your problem-solving skills. Hmm. Um, and we only think certain types of people are creative, but pretty much everybody has a creative portion of their brain. It's really just uh, trying to tap into it. And one of the great thing, um, one of the great great things I think it, in the book is, it says um, we need we need to be not be so busy being grown ups. Sometimes just hmm. playing, you know, yeah. <laughs> playing is creativity. Right. Well, another similar kind of a thing, at least in, in terms of we have to stop be, being busy doing something, is mindfulness where it's okay to be busy doing nothing. It is very... And mindfulness has two aspects for it. One is the being busy doing nothing, you know, the meditation, the doing that. The, my, you know, and that, for a lot of people, is like, well, that, uh, that's kind of difficult for me. I can't really do that. And there's a lot of meditation practices out there that take five minutes that people can start with. But the other part of mindfulness is being present. And um, this is something I, I, I enjoy talking about because it's something that I've, I've really been able to put in um, practice in my own life since we started working at Live Happy and I started really thinking about this, which is if you're sitting um, at the table with someone, pay attention to them. If you're having a conversation with your – like I go – I'm going to go this afternoon to watch my son play a hockey game. I'm not going to look at my phone while he's playing hockey. I'm going to enjoy the fact that he's playing hockey. My phone will be there. My emails will be there later. But being physically present and being mentally present once you're engaged in is really important. I heard Tom Rath speak earlier this year, and he, he, he made the statement, and I thought it was really profound, that one of the most difficult things over the next 10 years that we can do 
might be to be just simply paying attention to the person sitting across from us because we have so much distraction in the world. But being fully present enhances that conversation, makes that person feel good, makes you feel better, you learn something, and you build that deep connection, which is in the, you know, which is in the connection chapter. But also being fully present in the task you're doing. Right. You know, we all have this thing about multitasking. I don't know about you, but I'm, you know, I might get email, I get a phone call. I, oh. I turn, well, yeah. I, I have these arguments with my daughter about the, the fantasy of multitasking. She believes that she can. I don't believe that it's possible. I, I, I don't believe it's possible. I think it's, you know, you're micro-slicing your time. If you could really be present in the task you're engaged in, you're going to do that task better, and it's probably going to take less time. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're actually getting disjointed and you're slightly losing track of things. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. So mindfulness is really more than just meditation. That's a piece right. of it. But, you know, this whole engagement, you know, being engaged in what you're supposed to be doing. Deborah Heiss is the author of Live Happy. Thanks very much for joining us. Great to have you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Hi, it's Practical Polly's radio show. If you're just figuring out that healthier cooking oils are better than solid fats, you may be asking, now what am I going to do with all these tubs of lard? Ever had one of those moments when your favorite skinny jeans feel too tightly tailored? (laughs) Generously apply lard to your hips and thighs and those fancy pants will slide on like a dream. Or here's a family-friendly idea. How about making your yard into a lard fun park? Frost your driveway with a nice thick coating and give those kiddos a downhill thrill no matter what time of year. Having a bad hair day? Yep. A little lump of lard can tame your flyaways in a jiffy. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste or to your waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Now that's a tip worth keeping for life. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Hey, welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brod. If you've been listening to the show for any time at all, you know that we are big fans of toys and games here. But what could be more important than your family's safety? especially inside your own home. This week, we're going to talk about some great products that are designed to protect you and your children from a variety of hazards, both visible and invisible. The Worry-Free Combination Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm from Kida. This combo smoke and CO alarm is packed with great features, one of the nicest of which is that it has a 10-year battery. Yep, 10 years. That means a whole decade without those annoying twice-a-year, middle-of-the-night beeps that we all know and love. The battery also ensures that your alarms will function even during power outages, which is a time when a lot of fires and carbon monoxide leaks happen. Speaking of alarms, this product also has voice alarms, which announce fire, fire, or warning, carbon monoxide. Since the combo alarm is two units in one, it saves time on installation, because you're putting in one unit instead of two. Costs under $70, and you can get it at your favorite retailer or at kida.com. The worry-free AC-powered plug-in carbon monoxide alarm from Kida. If you already have enough smoke alarms in your home but are missing a CO alarm, this one is for you. Although it's designed to be plugged in, as the name might indicate, this alarm, like the rest of Kida's worry-free line, also has a sealed-in 10-year battery. That eliminates the need for and the cost of replacing batteries and makes it impossible to accidentally install the alarm without a battery. 
Other nice features include a digital display that shows PPM, which is parts per million levels, of CO in your home so you can monitor any changes. And it also has a night light, escape light, that comes on in the dark or under alarm conditions. Under $70, also at Kitta.com. The Remote Link Smart Home Monitor from Kitta. If an alarm goes off in your home and there's no one there to hear it, what's the point? This small device plugs into an outlet anywhere in your home and listens for your other smoke or CO2 alarms. If it hears something, it automatically notifies you and anyone else, like your neighbors, for example, via the free app. You can even set it to call 911. Like the Remote Link camera, this monitor uses your Wi-Fi network, which again eliminates monthly fees. Safehead Baby from Safehead Inc. Babies and toddlers spend a lot of time smacking their head into things, whether it's the corner of a table, the floor, or the underside of a chair they're crawling under. And while the resulting bumps and bruises are usually pretty minor, they hurt, and they can quickly turn laughter into tears. And yes, sometimes parents are the ones who are crying. Safehead Baby has a solution for this. It's a soft, adorable piece of headgear, kind of like a helmet, but very comfortable and lightweight so your baby won't want to tear it off. Safehead Baby is made of non-toxic materials, and it's designed to protect the forehead without interfering with the baby's vision. Ultimately, the Safehead Baby will give your little one the freedom to roam and will give you one less thing to worry about. It costs $49, and you can get it at safeheadbaby.com. You can find a lot more reviews and descriptions of toys and games and activities to do with your kids at parentsatplay.com. We'll be back next week with another segment. Till then, I'm Armin Brandt. Thanks for listening to Positive Parenting. You can get more information on today's show and what we're working on in the weeks ahead at MrDad.com. While you're there, visit the MrDad.com gift shop with everything you need to help you become the dad or mom you want to be. Positive Parenting is a production of the MrDad.com radio network. Now, go be a great parent.